It's the Breakcast, Breakcast, the PopBreak.com. Breakcast, Breakcast, listen to the show, because you're in for the PopBreak.com. Breakcast, Breakcast, oh It's Bill Bodkin, Editor-in-Chief of PopBreak.com, and your host of the Breakcast. I'm going to make this intro very short this week, as we have a very special guest, and it is the first in our series of staff talks, or one day I'll come up with a better name for it. Uh, We're talking with PopBreak.com film editor Dan Cohen. Uh, He and I Skyped uh, earlier this week, and we talked just whole bunch about movies. Uh, Dan's with a, been with us for about four and a half years, and if you've ever read any of his reviews on Pop Break, you know he has very strong opinions on film. Uh, this podcast is a lot of fun. We get we get lost in conversation pretty quickly, and it, this just it's a little longer than our last podcast, but it breezes by really quick. And we hope you enjoy it. As always, follow us on Twitter at popbreak.com, all spelled out. We're on Instagram at popbreakofficial. And we are on Facebook forward slash popbreak.com. And as always, check out the website pop-break.com for the best in news, reviews, and interviews in the world of pop culture. Thanks. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. As always, I'm Bill Bodkin. I am joined very specially from the West Coast by popbreak.com's film editor, Dan Cohen. Um, as I probably say in my intro, which I have not re- yet recorded, um, this is a very special podcast because this is going to be one of our first non-event podcasts. This is we're going to be talking with one of our our staff members. We're going to be talking about the the things in pop culture they love, and what better way to start, in my opinion. And since popbreak.com is my site, I'll arrogantly say my opinion does count a little more than most. Um, we're going to start with Dan Cohen, our film editor, a man who a very few, few people can match the passion and love. Uh, they have for film as they do with Dan Co- as Dan Cohen has. Uh, that was ter- a terrible introduction, Dan. So uh, why don't you save me from stumbling over my words? No problem. That, that was an excellent introduction. I thank you for that. Yes, uh, I am Dan Cohen. Um, I am in Los Angeles. It is a scorcher out here today. Uh, it rained over the weekend, but that passed quickly. Uh, yeah, oh man, I'm, it rained in California. Over the weekend, yeah. There was a, there was a uh, Angels Red Sox game that got rained out. And I guess apparently there's never been like a an Anaheim Angels game that was rained out in like 20 years or something. I don't know. So I don't know what that means for this podcast. Completely random fact, but it did rain a little bit over the weekend. It's scorching here today, um, but I'm ready to go. I'm ready to talk some movies. Uh, let's do this. Oh, cool. So what I want to do is I want to kind of introduce everyone to Dan at first. Uh, now, Dan, you've been with Pop Break, and if memory is going to serve me correct, my memory is usually really bad. You'll be going on four and a half years uh, with Pop Break right now. I think that's right. The first article I ever wrote was a review for Cedar Rapids, if anyone can remember that one, which uh, which actually wasn't bad, uh, yeah, with Ed I, Helms um, and I think, what, uh, John C. Riley, I think. And I can't remember who the romantic lead in that movie was. Um, his, I, I want to say Anne Heche for some reason, but uh, you know what? That sounds, I think you might be right. I think you might be right on that one. Oh man, I am right. Wow, great a, call. 
Now that that's a good sign for this podcast. And yeah, Cedar Rapids. Uh, I gave it a seven out of ten. So there you go. Wow. That was my first article. I, I if you remember that, for, like if that just if you just remembered that, like snap your fingers, you remember you gave it seven out of ten. I I am I would be very impressed. I remember all the ratings that I give every single movie that I've ever reviewed for Pop Break. That's not true. I was going to say, oh man, because I should totally start throwing some movies out. <laughs> yeah, we could try it out, but no, I have not. So Dan, uh, the question now, I never remember this because people ask me, and I have a vague recollection, how did you come to PopBreak.com? Because the beginning of PopBreak was mostly, it was myself, it was Brent Johnson, we started this site, and the people who initially wrote for us, and, and some of them still do, like a, a Logan Fowler, uh, you know, they're our friends, and that we knew we know personally, you were the first person who came to the site that we didn't even know um, yeah you know i was thinking about this earlier today so okay i my uh my brother's wife i believe uh was friends with one of the contributors on pop break i think that's how the connection started i want to say her name was um molly herford does that yes, sound that is yes okay so yes oh, molly so, uh wrote for us i think about 2010 2011 she did fashion for us, her and her sister Colleen, and it was a very popular column. And she's actually she left the site to go write uh, about cyclocross, which is a, some variation on cycling. And now she's a published author, and she's like huge in that scene as a writer and author. Well, people always tell me that if I wasn't writing about movies, I would be writing about fashion and cycling. So I mean, the connection is right there. Uh, but I think yeah, but that's how it happened, and so I just I. <laughs> I emailed you my resume, I think, and probably wrote you some kind of a very structured networking type type email that was pathetic. And uh, I think I think you just said sure. I well, no, I think I sent some examples, in. Um, and I think that was it. I think we were off and running. And you said you want to review Cedar Rapids. I was like, yeah, sure. I want to see if I can now all the clicking. Like, <laughs> I want to I want to find this email because I can oh, actually God. remember reading the email on my my old iPad. Like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, oh my god. I, I like, honestly... Okay. <laughs> you ever go through your Gmail and you're looking for stuff and it says, like, X amount of, you know, you're looking through 10 through 20 of... Yeah, 100? sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Currently, I'm on 651 to 700 of many. We'll get there eventually. Yeah, um, I'm well, not even going to You about can't, it. like, you can't... I mean, I guess if we really want to dig up this email, which I'm not too keen on... Um, I guess you could just go to the oldest with my name on it, but. Oh yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not, yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> not, let's not even go there. But I just, I, so that's, so that's how long you've, and you were, did you live in New York City at the time or were you in New York or? I was, yeah, I was living, uh, like upstate New York. Uh, so, and I was living there for like a year, year and a half. Define upstate New York. White Plains, is that upstate totally New York? Totally not upstate Joe? New York. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, that's embarrassing. It's, um, uh, it's Westchester York? County, which is probably about 20, oh, yeah. to, 20 to 25 minutes, probably a little longer outside of New York City. Yeah, I can't believe I just said upstate. Well, let me just give you a little uh, insight into my geography. In eighth grade, they did the little geography test, and I was out in the first round. So we're going to move past that. Well, but, uh, here, yeah, I, I, will, I will embarrass managing editor Al Manorino real quick. Uh, we went to see the Foo Fighters on Wednesday. Uh, of last week, which I'm going to see is 21st, 22nd, so it's like uh, the 15th or so of July, and um, he's Italian, his last name is Manorino, uh, you can't get that twisted, he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't really find Italy on a map, and I, I just, 
I'm glad I had a glass of whiskey in my hand because I was just like, come on, man. All right. I'm confident that I could possibly maybe find Italy on a map. So it's the, but, uh, it's the boot guys. <laughs> it's the, we're, we're, the we're going to move on from the uh, geography yeah. portion of the show. But you're in, Cali- uh, <laughs> you're in California right now. Yes, I am. Uh, that's awesome. Now, are you in Hollywood proper in that area or you, where are you now? I'm pretty close to Hollywood. I live in West Los Angeles. So, I mean, it's like right, we're, we're right there. Uh, so if I want to get to Hollywood, it's a quick, like a uh, 15, 20 minutes. So I guess you could say like I'm right. I'm right in the uh, right in the action, if you if you want to say. My best. Uh, I, I I went to Hollywood proper once, and uh, we got picked up from LAX on this. Um, but a limo it was my parents. It was at my dad's retirement vacation. We went to Hawaii, and he wanted to see my uncle live in the Hollywood Hills. And uh, it's like five in the morning. We're driving, or we're passing. We're t- I'm looking at. Uh, there was a lot of. You know what they had a lot of billboards for? Uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Okay, so that was. 2008, yeah, I want to say. Okay, yeah. Okay. And uh, everywhere. And then I'm looking around. I'm like, there's a lot of bars on windows. And I looked at the guy because I'm sitting in the front seat with the, the driver because it was like a town car type thing. And I said, uh, what, oh, what, where are we, man? He's like, oh, we're in uh, Los Angeles. Cent- Central Los Angeles. And then all of a sudden he goes, very quietly, I hear him go, South, South Central Los Angeles. I said, Hollywood? Oh no no, we're in South Central LA, and I was okay. like, I was like, holy shit, dude, are we in Compton? And he's just like, yeah, that's why I'm going pretty fast right now. <laughs> like, I, I have been to that part of town. I mean, I'll just say, look, Los Angeles. All right, I mean, I guess maybe New York is bigger, but Los Angeles feels like it's a hell of a lot bigger because it's so sprawled out. It definitely just, does. Yeah, like there's just like just big gaps of of nothing and heat and just. But hot now, Hollywood though. I mean, you know, obviously big tourist area, tons of people walking around. Um, I had an internship in Los Angeles in like the summer of '05. That was the first time I ever went to Los Angeles, and uh, so the first thing I ever did was I went to the Wax Museum. So there you oh, go, yes. a little fun fact. Um, so that was my first Hollywood experience. Well, Dan, what I love the fact we're talking right now, we're both probably extremely warm right now in our respective uh, podcasting areas. Uh, but this is my favorite movie, time of the movie year. It's the summer. I right. love summer blockbusters. Unabashedly love summer blockbusters. What is your favorite movie season? I And I hope you say January through March. Yeah, right, January. Well, you know, it's funny because you mentioned January through March because, look, the the – and I love the summer too. I love the summer and I love the Oscar season. I love them both equally for different reasons. Uh, but – you know, you, you kind of, because, you know, Bill jokes about January through March because that's notoriously, like, crap time, right? That's where they dump all the bad movies. But that's going to start shifting, I'm telling you. I mean, next year you're going to have Deadpool, which is going to be a pretty big movie, I think, in February. And what you're seeing right now is that all these summer movies, it's just it's just a battle of attrition. And they're all, I mean, they're, most of them are doing pretty well financially, but some of them could be doing even better if they were released at different times of the year. Like a lot well, it's just, well, I mean, I mean, yes, like Aloha, but that's, I mean, that's a case where the studios probably saw Aloha and they're like, mm, this is garbage, and they just buried it in the summer beneath. Well, they you know, they basically said it was garbage, man. That was one of the leaks. Uh, barely market, and yeah, when you barely see marketing, that's your first hint is because they don't want to, they want to cut their losses basically. They don't want to put any more money into it. Um, 
yeah, but if he re- if he released Aloha in like February or something, you know, could it could have done better. But I'm talking about even a movie like so Terminator Genesis, pretty much flopped sadly because I actually like the movie. But if you re- if you had released Terminator Genesis in like February or March, could have done Gangbusters because there's it's because of a lack of competition. I mean, you're seeing these movies just beat up each other. I mean, like, Jurassic World has been impressive this year just because it's been able to maintain against some big releases. Were you surprised that Jurassic World did as well as it did? Because I, yes. I thought it would do fine. I didn't expect it to do this well. Well, we don't have to talk about uh, my box office predictions this year. Um, that's worse than uh, my geography knowledge. Uh, I just took a, I, 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 took a, I love it every I year. Took, I took a beating this year. Um, although, I did say that my flop of the summer, which I call the Battleship Memorial Flop of the Summer Award, I did say that would be Terminator Genesis. And you have always, like that's the movie. one you're always dead right on. You're always dead right on the movie that is going to tank horrifically. Well, I'm bitter about last year because I totally called Jupiter Ascending and they delayed the damn movie. And that, to me, is a victory for me. because It's always, no, I, I counter it. Yeah, so, but sadly, yeah, Terminator Genesis flop. But, um, yeah, I had Jurassic War to, like, like maybe five or six. Um, and I was thinking like, I, I basically said what you said. I, I thought it would do very well, like 250, 260 million domestic, something like that. Um, I was wrong. <laughs> now it's threatening to be like the second highest grossing film domestically of all time. And I just, I don't get it. I was shocked because Jurassic, I, I mean, I know people still like Jurassic Park, but I didn't know people were crazy for it. And it was also, it was coming off of two, Bad sequel, so I don't get it. I, you know, I mean, okay, I mean, I, I, I can remember Jurassic Park. It Jurassic Park people just like it's so near and dear to so many people's hearts, and I think everyone wanted to forget those bad sequels. But yeah, yeah. Did you see? Did you see Jurassic World? No. Well, okay. So I'm a dad, <laughs> and dad movie time really gets limited. So every once in a while, I got out with Logan and Al. To see Avengers probably in June. So, I mean, that's how far behind it. The next, I think the first movie my wife and I are going to see together. I mean, the last one we saw was uh, Hunger Games. And that was the like three days before our daughter was born. Um, well, hey, you know, as, and so, yeah. Totally man, I'm looking at some of your predictions, like uh, Tomorrowland. Uh, I still don't get why I didn't do well. It's 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 two reasons. One is first and foremost, the movie wasn't good, and the bad buzz. There was bad buzz about it for a couple of weeks, and two, it's just in this day and age, it's really really risky. That's a movie that didn't summer. need to come out in the summer. Exactly. Yes, that's another example. Of like if you release that thing in March, uh, it could have. I'm not going to say it would have cleaned up. I'm going to say even the fall, I'm going to say that could have been a good fall release. Yeah, uh, I mean, maybe like September, but yeah, then if, September, if you're pushing October. past September, then you're kind of cutting into the Oscar time. But even, but you look at like, so next year in 2016. You said Jurassic it, World would take in $187 million. And I, I really say, I so I had below 200. I'm terrible. Yeah, you said Ted 2 would take in 202. Okay, no, Ted, all right. No, Jurassic, no, I would have I would I would I would have yeah. gone the same way as you. Ted 2. Uh, and uh, I just want to say, I, I've seen Ted 2. Um, I love the first one. Ted 2 is not as consistently funny as the first one, but it's also not the pile of crap that it's being made out to be. There is enough. There is enough. Yeah, you uh, called, you called um, Avengers Asia Ultron at half a billion uh, as your number one. And come on. I mean, who's going to fault me for 
take take an Avengers Age of Ultron as number one. I I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have wanted to do that. Too puzzled me because I I mean people love the first one. It made like well over two hundred, not well over, but uh, I think a million ways in the West, uh, whatever the hell it's called, um, Dancing Dragons Part Two, whatever you want to call it. Um, Billion ways to die in the West. Yeah, uh, I think that really tainted it. Yeah, I didn't think so at the time. I think uh, when I was analyzing this, I was like, yeah, you know, I don't think it's going to have that big of an effect. But uh, clearly it, it probably did. And then you had the bad reviews coming out for Ted 2 and just tanked. I mean, it, it's and it was coming off of a really, really well-loved comedy. But, you know, rest in peace, Ted 2. And uh, I think kind of rest in peace, Seth MacFarlane's uh, box office um, sheen. I mean, I, he'll still get movies. He'll still get movies, but I mean, like, He's not going to be that bankable, you know. It's kind of like your boy Judd Apatow, how he had that uh, he had that little valley there for a little bit, and then he's he, you know his his production has gone back I mean, up. Trainwreck opened pretty well this weekend, so it looks like it looks like Judd Apatow could be back could be back on the train. Although uh, although I'm going to say that I'm going to go on a limb and say that was more uh, Amy Schumer attracting the box office than him. But uh, I would say for I Seth, think so. Carlin, I think I think in LeBron. <laughs> You really, you really think people wanted to see LeBron James in a movie? You think that's what? Yeah, because you look kind of funny in the trailers. I mean, you know, I think the novelty of that. I think you had definitely some basketball fans. Okay, Here, oh, perfect example. Honey, I want to go see a, a movie. Oh, I want to go see this romantic comedy. Oh, LeBron's in it. All right, I'll give it a shot. Well, and I guess it, it benefits from being one of the only really romantic comedies around right now. So you had that going for it, uh, and it also got really, really great word of mouth. Not for me, but it got great, got yeah. great reviews. I mean, the Rotten Tomato score was like at a hundred for for days. So that that probably got people, that probably got butts in seats. But whatever. Um, but I, I just you know just to wrap up on Seth MacFarlane quickly, he's going to get another crack at another uh, big time movie. But it will not be Ted Three. That oh no! Sure. Yeah. Um, so going uh, with summer blockbusters, just because of the season we're in. Going back to when you were a, a week Cohen, uh, a tiny Dan, a tiny Dan, what, mm-hmm. or even even in recent memory, what is like some of your favorite like the big popcorn movies that you grew up on that you were just that you still have that fondness for? Man, uh, I would say you know what the like the quintessential summer movie that I have a really great memory of going to can, see. Can I guess? Yes. Independence Day. You nailed it. It's because it's that's because Independence Day if you remember, so it came out in nineteen ninety six, right? Yeah, ninety six. That thing was hyped up to the high heavens. You know, you had Will Smith who was about to break out and you know, obviously you had that iconic image in the trailers of them just demolishing the White House. And so that thing was getting hyped. And oh, you can also remember, it. like, Jeff Goldblum still had the Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, he was still kind Mojo. of rubbing off the Jurassic. Yeah, he was still banking off the Jurassic Park. Bill, Pol- Bill Pullman was still kind of, it was, you know, he just come off that whole while you were sleeping. He started, he was starting to get in some bigger movies. Um, you know, I mean, he, he could he can't ride, ride the Lone Star tra- train forever. Oh, God, I butchered, I stuttered through that joke. Um uh, but I mean, you know, that was there was a lot of people in that movie, and it was like, yeah, I mean, I, that was funny about that because we were talking before the podcast went on the air about rewatchability, and I remember I saw it in the theater, and I loved that movie. That was I, my favorite yep. movie like ever. I got it on tape for my I birthday. Did four, baby. Yeah, 
and I watched it again, and I was like, I don't like it as much. Oh, come on. I You know what? And there's, look, I, there's there's some movies that are dumb fun that I will like. Independence Day is one of them. Um, Armageddon is one of them. One of Michael Bay's few films that I can tolerate. Uh, uh, I will I will take one, uh, one of my favorite summer blockbusters of all time. The Rock? I, I, Michael Bay, The Rock? I think, did that come out in the same year as Independence Day? It was no, either that was... or one year later. No, you know what? I want to say that you... Uh, I want to see. Yeah, you know what? It might have because I want to say. I'll check. I really think it was '96, but uh, the Rock Michael was '96, and he had that run of Bad Boys, The Rock, and then I think Armageddon, and then everything after Armageddon. I haven't liked anything that Michael Bay has done. So, yeah, whatever. I can't say anything. Yeah, you, just, didn't you have a whole column on the site about how much you hate Michael Bay? Probably, I probably had multiple ones. Here, here's the thing with Michael Bay, and you know, I think Michael Bay is appropriate to talk about because uh, he is Mister Summer Blockbuster, right? I you mean, know what his next one after Armageddon was? What was that? Pearl Harbor. Yeah, Pearl Harbor. I that, took that I took my <laughs> I took my dad, who was who grew up on World War II pictures. I took him to see that. And we both walked out, and we—he said to me, "He's like, I just watched three different movies, and I don't think I—I li- <laughs> don't think I liked any of them." No, one of them was good. One of those three movies was good, and that's when which the one, actual which attack. One, I, Cuba Gooding Jr. crying and shooting the guns. I uh, mean, come on, come on, leave. Does Cuba Gooding Jr. need this right now? Come on, leave him alone. But the—I mean, that's—but that's one of the times where you do appreciate a guy like Michael Bay. Uh, and you know what, Pearl Harbor, I mean, please, I want to be very clear about this. Pearl Harbor is an awful, awful movie. But I, even, but, I but I wouldn't even say it's one of his three worst. I mean, that's what we're talking about with Michael Bay. The problem with Michael Bay is that his movies in, in recent years, like the last eight years, are way too damn long. And this is a problem that a lot of movies are having right now. Get an Judd Apatow, yeah, I mean, yeah, Trainwreck, it could have been mildly amusing if it wasn't over two hours for a movie like that is ridiculous, but Michael Bay, these these two and a half hour Transformer epics, it's just, it's it makes you want to go to a dentist's office, it's just, you become numb to everything, there's so many explosions that you just become so desensitized that you want to leave the theater in a rage, and that's usually what happens to me whenever I watch a Michael Bay Whenever I watch a Michael Bay movie, if his if trans if these Transformer movies were ninety minutes, okay, dumb fun for an hour and a half, you're in, you're out. But two and a half hours for Transformers: Dark of the Moon is completely unnecessary. That's um, my point. Michael. Slash, um, which one was the Transformers movie where like one of the Transformers got kicked in like the uh, Transformer balls and like and they were really racist. Trans- Transformers Revenge of the Fallen made in, uh, well, it released in 2009 is one of my all-time least favorite films ever made. Wow, yeah. It is it's, it's everything. It is Tree everything. Life. Tree Life. <laughs> that's my I probably, that's a tough, if, if someone put a gun to my head and said, Dan, you have to watch Tree of Life or Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Transformers. I would definitely watch Transformers over Tree of Life. <laughs> probably would too, but here, but Transformers Runs of the Fall. It's, it's it's just everything that you hate about movies. It's yes, it's got the it's got the racist bots two thousand. It's got you know the, 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 the testicles on Transformers. 
I'm not making that up. If you see Transformers Rise of Thrones, you know what I'm talking about. There's a robot, and he's bouncing around, and he's got balls. I, there's no other way I can sugarcoat that. It's, it's there it is in front of the screen. I mean, we're talking, I mean, God, I mean, Batman and Robin in the late 90s didn't even have a joke that was as bad. Just awful, awful movie. You got Shia LaBeouf running around like an idiot. I it's just it's Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen is the epitome of everything that is wrong with Michael Bay. I can't believe you got me talking about Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. Oh, why? Because yeah, I, Dan, I know what buttons to push. Like <laughs> you, you really do. And if, if you ever want to just read my full rage on Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen, I did write a top ten worst things about Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. So. I got a lot. Of, I got a lot <laughs> you, of views. Man. Go read that and leave me alone. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um. Yes. Uh, and I, I guess go back to summer movies. Shit, I just that just derailed me. What was the most? What was the most? Okay, throw pearl. Like, okay, we know some movies are going to be bad. They're right. summer blockbusters. I, I don't think any of us had huge hopes going in for Transformers. Um, I mean, I had some high hopes for Pearl Harbor. Uh, mm-hmm. Was there a movie that you walked in a summer blockbuster? You walked into. You had like, you were hoping it was going to be good, and you were just you walked out of the theater just like. That was an utter waste of my time and money. You know... Because I have mine. I, I have one. Now, I, this is... If I really thought about it, I could probably give you a better example. But I'm going to give you a recent one, and it's from last year. And okay, this, so is just, this is just because it's, it's, it's a property that's close to my heart. And that is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And here's, oh, you were so! I felt so bad for you. You were so excited for you and Logan Fowler were like. Actually hyped had, for I actually had hope for it. Like, and, and I, a lot of the people, a lot of the people. Well, no, now hold on. Now it was produced by. Now that's a big misconception that people have. Michael Bay did not direct that Ninja Turtles movie. He, yes, he was a producer. Um, it was. I guess it was Jonathan. It was Liebesman. who directed another movie that I detest, which is Battle L.A. But the I but actually, the you know, I didn't mind that. Oh, the shaky. Well, I'm not getting into shaky. You are not going to get me into a shaky camera. I, I, I'm I drawing. I ha, I'm drawing the line there. But uh, but the trailers. I mean that I didn't really get a lot of shaky cam vibes, so it alleviated my concerns there. But I just, I actually, and I was alone in island on this. I thought the turtles looked cool. I mean, I know they were huge, but I thought they looked badass, and uh, and I thought that they definitely look better than the rubber suits of like 1989, 1990. It was just, and I, I wasn't expecting, it's Ninja Turtles, okay? I wasn't expecting the greatest movie ever made, but I thought that it would be everything that I loved about the Ninja Turtles, and it was not at all. There were, I mean, there were some elements that I liked to it. I thought Raphael was kind of cool, and he was my favorite turtle. The problem with that movie, though, is that Michelangelo, okay, you all know Michelangelo. He's the party dude turtle, you know, Calabonga. He's the most in-your-face turtle. Michelangelo is good in doses, and the original films, they knew how to limit his time. But this, in, in typical franchise-making fashion, they blew his character up. And it's Michelangelo overload, and that's part of what ruined the movie. 90% of his dialogue is hitting on April, and it was just a little uncomfortable for me. Shredder was a complete waste of time. That was an embarrassment. Uh, but I will say, though, I'm kind of... I am actually have some hope for the sequel that's going to come out next year. They're getting a real actor for Shredder. They're they're getting Bebop and Rocksteady in. I've been waiting for them for years. Yep. And uh, WWE's Sheamus is uh, one of those guys. He's oh, is he Rocksteady or Bebop? Uh, 
I think who was the Mohawk? Bebop. He's going to be Bebop. The, the Warthog. So, and there's even rumors of Krang, which is a character I've been looking forward to. I, yeah, I'm, well, I mean, I'm glad they didn't do Krang in the 90s because it would have been so have, cheesy. It wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. But I'm, I'm uh, stoked they, yeah. had, they got a good Casey Jones. They did, yeah, and that was that, that's actually that's actually one of the elements. Where I was like, you know what, this could all they because there were some parts that could work. They just have to cut out the crap, do a good villain, and tone down Michelangelo. And even Megan Fox was passable. I mean, I guess I guess that's the nicest thing you can say about her acting ability, anyway. Uh, so, so Ninja Turtles was a movie. Just I walked into, kind of had some high hopes and a little, little bit heartbroken, Bill. But what's yours? Spider Man Three. Oh boy! Yeah, that. Uh, so first of all, my movie-going experience for that was awful. Uh, There's people yelling. It was like mid, like a Saturday matinee, and it was like kids yelling and adults yelling at the kids, and fights almost breaking out. So that sucked. But that movie was just a, a train wreck. Is a nice way of putting it. Uh, it was because I loved, and, and a lot of people give me crap for it. I love I love the first Spider Man. I love the second Spider Man. Second one's passable. The first we can talk about the first one after this, but uh, that I, I hate I hate the first Spider Man. But go ahead, go ahead with your Spider Man threes. I, I I liked both of them. Okay. Um, in retrospect, do I rank them? If I'm ranking comic book movies, if I'm ranking my all time movies, do they even make the cut? Absolutely not. But at the time. I thought Spider-Man 2, um, mostly driven by the fact Alfred Molina, I thought, was an amazing Dr. Octopus. He, he was, he, that was the one bright spot of Spider-Man 2 that I really, really liked. Uh, yeah, and Spider-Man 3 was just, let's throw a whole bunch of stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Let's do a stupid dance sequence. Let's do all this stuff that you just sat there and you just wanted to slam your head into the wall. You had Venom. Who I always thought Eddie Brock was supposed to be this like football player, but he's Topher, yeah, Topher, he's, he's Topher, Topher Grace. Grace. <laughs> so to me, like if you would have recast it, you would have put like a Channing Tatum in there or something like that. Ah, oh, great choice. And my, my... and like you know, but instead, he, and you had an interesting villain in the Sandman, who I thought Thomas Hayden Church. I probably gave the best performance of that movie. Oh, they were crying at the end. That was terrible. I mean, look. no, no, no but he had a, he had like. He was like a Doctor Octopus type villain because you had empathy, you had sympathy for him. I agree. He was with a bad guy, but he had more to him than just "har." I'm a bad guy, you know. But, every, but everything else just like maligned any positives that came out of that movie. And I, just hey, such a flaming burrito fueled piece of crap. That's probably the nicest thing I've ever heard someone say about Spider Man Three. Is that? And you know, I feel your pain. And I was never. I'm not really a big Spider-Man fan anyway. So. You're not a big Marvel fan, I don't think. That's that's not... Well, we can get into that later, but really quickly on Spider-Man, and then I'll get into the Marvel stuff, is uh, I was never a big fan of Spider-Man to begin with, but I feel you're... Like, but I know how you feel in that, you know, it's a character you probably loved and you were looking forward to Spider-Man 3 because you liked the other two, and then your heart just gets crushed. I mean, I've certainly... I certainly have, have have had that experience with. I mean, I had that experience with the Star Wars prequels. Uh, even, I mean, even Episode One. I was, I was in eighth grade, and I when old. I first when I first saw it, I liked it, and but I very very quickly learned uh, that I was in denial. 
I was only uh, two ninety nine. Yeah, I was a junior in high school, so I feel old. Um, okay, so I feel the same way about Clone. Uh, no, hold on, hold on. Like, what was the second one? Is that Attack of the Clones? Oh, yeah, Attack of the Clones. Now okay, that's so, so, no denial for me. I walked into that. The movie ended, and I I want to put a gun in my mouth. I mean, yeah. So sorry to get. I didn't mind that. I actually liked it when I saw it in the theater. I owned <laughs> it on DVD at one point, and then I went back and watched it, and I was like. Oh, yeah, this is not good. The third one, oh, that was just, that was like, like, I guess what you would feel like if you were being drawn and quartered. No, 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 no. Now, Revenge of the Sith, now, episodes one and two stink. I will defend Revenge of the Sith as a good Star Wars movie till the day I die. Oh, that movie sucked. Absolutely not. The first half was a little rough. Uh, in that it had a lot of the problems that, you know, the other two prequels had, flat acting, bad dialogue, yada. I mean, we, the, the prequels have been talked about it not. We know, we know the problems. But the second half, come on. When he, be, when everything that happens after he becomes Vader was high octane, intense, great battles, you, you felt like, you felt like you, you cared. I mean, that was the thing, you, you finally cared. When Obi-Wan and Anakin had that fight on the Waddle planet, you cared. That was the best part of that movie, yes. And then when he becomes Vader and the mask gets put on, it's incredible. Then, of course, they ruin it with the, no! But everything before that was pretty powerful. So I'm not going to have you, here, you sit here and talk bad about Revenge of the Sith. I thought that was a worthy effort. Um, and just so you know, I own all the prequels on DVD as well. But that's only out of necessity in that the original trilogy, those are my favorite movies ever made. So you, you kind of, like, by law, I have to own that. They just kind of sit there and they serve their purpose. Do you, are you getting extreme chills every time you see anything about the new Star Wars movies? No doubt in my mind it's going to be great. I just... There's you, no doubt. I, you, you saw no. the Comic-Con trailer, right? Well, yeah, it was more of like kind of a behind-the-scenes thing. And I like, know. And I, no, no, I do, but yeah, it gave me chills when you see the stormtroopers running down the corridors and you get kind of little glimpses of uh, more of the original cast like Leia, Han, Luke, all those guys. I, look, I mean, there's there's nothing I can say on this podcast that will be able to explain my excitement level for that film. I just, and I have no doubts in my mind. I know it's going to be great. There's no doubt. I trust the director. The cast is incredible. Everything I've seen in the trailers, it, it, it's Star Wars. It's Star Wars. It's the only question for that movie is how good is it going to be? Well, here, here's, okay, so, so obviously you've just espoused your love of Star Wars. My question is, as I'm on the IMDb front page, and I see uh, Benicio Del Toro being I oh, for yeah, Bill, which I think will be great. Um, yeah. you, we have all these spin-off movies. We have all these solo, no pun intended, Han Solo movies. Hey. Uh, um, what do, you, do you think it's too much? Yes. Now, as excited as I am for the primary Star Wars, and not only... I mean, I'm a big J.J. Abrams fan. I love his Star Trek movies. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, dude, you're preaching to, preach to the choir. Star Trek fans can go cry in the corner. I don't, I don't care. Whatever. They're great movies. Uh, so I trust J.J. Abrams. And, but they also, they also lined up a great director for Episode 8, um, and Ryan Johnson, who, and if there's oh, anyone out there yeah. that hasn't seen her, you guys, you got to check that out. Oh, he has great. another great one, uh, Brothers Bloom, a very underrated movie. I don't know if you've seen I that like one. Was, I feel like there was, oh, he did a, this is actually a movie I haven't seen. Brick? Yeah, and I know a oh, lot of Oh, my gosh. I should just send you my copy of it. 
Uh, Put up it's the so Looper, good. Someone, that's, you guys got to check out Looper. Incredible. It's uh, Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Sort of like a time travel thing, but uh, it's it's awesome. And, always, uh, I feel like Bruce Willis now is just better as a second banana than he is a lead guy. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Uh, I, I mean, I think all those... I think all those older action star guys are probably better as second bananas. I mean, like I'm really excited about Creed coming up at the end of this year with Sylvester Stallone as Rocky and kind of like a mentor role where he's not the focus. I think that's going to be great. And Michael B. Jordan is just a fantastic actor. Oh yeah. And yeah, you know, yeah, he's awesome. And I can't wait to see him in fantastic four, but, um, but yeah, but going back to the star Wars spinoffs. So it's, I, I mean, they could be good. I'm not. I'm not like completely discrediting them off the bat. It's just, yes, as you said, it's too much. It's going to be Star Wars overload. I'm worried that they're going to oversaturate Star Wars, and it's just, it's also like Rogue One. Like, okay, it's a story about them getting the Death Star plans. Like, I already know that story. I, well, I gotta, I gotta see that. Like, I know what happened. I still have it a feeling like they're not going to happen. Death Star. Like, for some reason, like, I hear all these Star Wars movies and rumors. It's happening. I mean, they're going to start filming soon. I know, that's... but I still, like, that Point Break remake, I, which <laughs> the, there, was, there was one a few <laughs> years ago that it was supposed to be made. It never happened. You can, I mean, you can cry through your pillow all you want over the Point Break. I mean, that, that thing's happening. Uh, no, it's Christmas. There's, it's a, Christmas, there's a trailer. There's a Christmas Day release, and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, if you want to just read me losing my mind, uh, just look look up Point Break on Pop Break and uh, I mean I named the damn site after the movie and oh my god it's still I hope you know, that's kind of how I felt when um they remade The Cry You Kid and I really really hope that uh, the same thing doesn't happen to you where I was I was like depressed for a week after I saw the remake of Cry You Kid that was an embarrassment oh, I'm not even gonna watch uh, the, I'm not even watching the remake don't don't bother but uh you know and I just with and with that Han Solo movie going back to the spinoffs that's the one where I just really shake my head because why I know, I know what happened to this guy. I, I want my first memory of Han Solo to be him looking like a badass sitting in that bar in the cantina, you know, uh, raising his price uh, for Obi-Wan Kenobi so they can take him to Alderaan and then him shooting first at Greedo. I mean, that's what I want my first memory of Han Solo to be. Now it's going to be some complicated backstory where he's going to have some kind of tragic upbringing and oh look this is the scene where he meets Chewbacca and oh look this is where he wins the Falcon from land like I don't I, I know this stuff happens you're going to ruin the, you're going to ruin the mystique of the character which is why I also don't want to see a Boba Fett movie I mean they did as much I love the X-Men movies uh and the, but the one I the one dud in the X-Men universe is X-Men Origins Wolverine oh, it's because they completely so bad. They, they completely take away what worked about that character. And Hugh Jackman's awesome, so they got it back right away in the in the later movies. But it's the it's the mystery. I don't want to know about Wolverine's upbringing. I, I don't want to know it. I don't want to know about both. Well, that's already been ruined enough in Attack of the Clones when he was a dinky little kid. Well, I so, mean, that, that's why I almost think you need a Boba Fett movie because you need oh, to. On. No, no, no. Uh, follow, hear me out. Hear me out. To right. atone, atone for that, because he's become such a cult movie figure that it's just like, well, let's let's ha- let's see him in some adventures. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it'd work if you did it like a V for Vendetta kind of thing, where he was always me- the first scene should should, and I think this was rumored actually. It should be him killing 
the book, like the Boba Fett that we thought was going to be Boba Fett. It's some guy, you don't know who he is, and he never takes off his mask throughout the whole movie. Like, that's, I could get on board with that, I suppose. Well, V for Vendetta is just a phenomenal movie. Um, yeah, it's a, that's a great one. A great um, one. But I, I think we, we were trying to get to a point, and I forgot. Um, oh, yes, your love slash hate of Marvel and your love of DC. Um, so, I mean, for now, now, this is a very complicated issue because for, for me to really break down the DC, the Marvel, the comic book superhero, I mean, right, we could be here all day, all right? So we're going to try and streamline this a little bit. But uh, look, obviously... It's no secret that superhero movies, comic book movies, that they are there what's driving the business, right? Okay, I mean that's that is what people want to see. They make crap loads of money, although Ant Man kind of disappointed this weekend. Well, uh, you know, I think that's kind of a that, that's like it made as of when they were. I mean, I, I got an email about that on like Sunday at like noon saying it it, it made. It, it failed to make the $16 million projection. I'm like, it's Sunday at noon and it's made $58 million. Like, I'm hey, sure. Now, like the- look, I'm not saying it's a flop. It did fine. It will profit. Yada, yada, yada. All I'm saying is that Guardians of the Galaxy last year, obscure Marvel property, 90 million opening weekend. Yeah. And I had I, obscure Marvel property, 58 million. Well, um, okay. So I'll defend it by saying this. One. You saw that first Guardians of the Galaxy trailer drop, and you might not have, but a lot of people, myself included, was like, "Wow, uh, I don't, I never knew what this Guardians of the Galaxy thing was, but that looks cool." The first trailer for Ant Man was like, "Eh, um, it was like meh." It was just like maybe. Paul Rudd making fun of the name Ant Man. Some stuff happened, and you're like, "Well, that's not a good trailer." And like, I think it. That's a movie I believe will ha- needed the word of mouth that was not going to have the strong opening weekend because it was just like, ah, it's a movie about a guy who becomes the size of an ant. And I've heard yeah. nothing but awesome things about that movie. So I think, I think back to my whole crux of what I'm going to talk about here is that, look, and I'll just I'm just going to I'm not going to dance around this issue. I, yeah, I prefer DC characters over Marvel. So I'm a DC guy. So. Totally biased, 100%. Not going to hide behind it. My whole thing with this Marvel Cinematic Universe is this. I thought that the Phase 1 films were very good. I thought they were a good, solid foundation. But ever since the Avengers on, there's been a couple I've liked, but they're just... All they are to me is just mediocre, giant cartoons that they entertain you for a couple hours and then you forget about... They all meld in together for me. I can't decipher any one from the other it's all just a bunch of here's the charismatic hero he's going to make a bunch of one-liners he's going to fight a completely underwritten forgettable villain and you're on your merry way well and look, i will and, i would disagree yeah, with ahead. you on two of them um no i haven't seen iron man 3 so i can't espouse, espouse that but captain america winter soldier that was a good one I, no, I, I think it's a fantastic probably one of the best of the marvel cinematic universe um, and Guardians of the Galaxy, I thought, you know, really was more about character than just shoot them up. You know, absolutely agree. 100%. But Avengers that's, Two, that's, Guardians of the Galaxy is the outlier. I, I Avengers did, Two I was like basically Star- like, "Hey, did you see Avengers One? We're gonna do it again." Avengers: Age of Ultron might be my least favorite MCU movie. That is two oh, and a half Iron, Man, Iron Man Two. 
I don't know. I I gotta say, at least Iron Man, like, I kind of like Mickey Rourke's performance, and at least Sam Rockwell was really oh, fun. I think that's a, so, that was such a, I think every time you talk about Sam Rockwell, the same thing pops up. Man, he is so underrated. Why isn't he in more movies? And I thought the Justin Hammer character was like, why isn't he a recurring bad guy? Yeah, and it's so hard for Marvel, and that's one of my biggest complaints about the MCU is this: their villains stink. I mean, awful. They're just so underridden, and just they're all the same. They have no personality whatsoever. And that's one guy that actually, like, you want to see again, and then they're just like, ah, no, we're, we're Marvel. we got to move on to the next thing. we we got to placate all the fanboys, whatever. But uh, Age of Ultron is just two hours and 25 minutes of computer-generated images punching other computer-generated images. It is... It, I felt like I was in that movie theater for nine hours. I, Still I better just, than Transformers. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that goes without saying. But this is... But you know what? But that's the thing. This is my biggest... I'm not saying that the MCU movies are bad. What I'm saying is I've seen way too many great superhero movies for me to accept the Marvel mediocrity. Uh, and yeah, I'm sorry. Dark. I know people like talk about it in nauseam, but sorry, Dark Knight Trilogy, Dark Knight Trilogy, Dark Knight Trilogy. I'm going to say it again. Dark Knight Trilogy. Okay. Greatest superhero movies ever made. They're awesome. Yeah, I like Batman. But also his movies, they're amazing. Get but it. the big question for you now is, Good one. We, we've moved on from Nolan. We have. And, we, we, and we've moved on from Christian Bale. And we've replaced them with Ben Affleck. And, oh, son of a bitch, I totally forgot his name. Uh, Zack Snyder. Oh, yeah. Zach. So, how do you feel about your Batman now? Which seems well, like that should have been a line from one of the movies that they never made. <laughs> how do you feel about your Batman now? <laughs> um, well, it's, the, the thing with the new Batman is, it's better for me to ease into this next Batman because I love, Man of Steel. Love, love, love Man of Steel. Haters can hate all they want. Great movie. So I trust this team completely. So when they said they're going to do Batman, I was like, hey, you guys did a great job with Superman. I completely trust you. I, when Ben Affleck was cast, I thought that was a brilliant choice from the get-go. And in the trailer, he looks awesome. So uh, sign me up. I'm on board. I think he looks great. I think it's going to be a different take than you've seen. I think he's going to be the most bitter, cold, son of a bitch Batman that we've seen before. He looks terrifying in those trailers. This is a Batman who's been through some wars, okay? And he's a grumpy, grumpy guy. And I'm excited to see that. I, I think so it's, it's more be... of a Frank Miller Batman. Well, in that, in, in Which Zach makes Sutton, sense. So, right, and they cited uh, The Dark Knight Returns as a massive influence for this film, and that's obviously one of the greatest comic book stories ever written, so I'm all on board. I thought the new trailer was amazing. Uh, I... And like I said, I like Man of Steel. I like that they're keeping the tone. They're not backing down. Like, it could have been so easy for them to be like, oh, you know, we had all these complaints about Man of Steel. It's too serious and dark. And I don't know. Maybe we should just go more than Marvel around and have some fun with it. Nope. They're sticking to their guns. They're giving you a story with real meat to it. And if you look at what happened uh, recently with the Sony, the rebooted Amazing Spider-Man, I actually... I thought that that first one with Andrew Garfield was was solid. I thought that had some Yeah, perspective. it was solid. I didn't see but the then, second one. But then what happened is they're like, I don't know, people are kind of mad on it. The returns weren't as good. So what happens with, with Amazing Spider-Man 2? They completely try and copy Marvel. They make it like make it really jokey and more lighthearted. 
and they're gonna and they're they're coming out with all this bravado. Yeah, we're gonna do all these spin-off movies, man. Sinister Six, get ready. It's just gonna be like Marvel. And it was the worst grossing Spider-Man movie of all time. And now that franchise is dead. Well that well that Spider-Man is dead. Obviously there's gonna be a new one. Yeah. So Which at this point I'm like uh, I don't I don't want another Spider-Man movie. Like if he's gonna be in some of the MCU movies, fine, but I don't want another Spider-Man movie. My level of care for the next Spider-Man is I but it, I, I'm sorry. Within the, within the last, okay. So I mean, say the next Spider-Man movie comes out in 2020. So I think it's no. I think it's actually slated for 2017. You'll okay. probably see him in this Marvel Civil War, but his own movie, I think, will yeah. be So so t- in 17 years, you've had one, two, three, four, five, six Spider-Man movies with three different Spider-Mans. Like this isn't like James Bond, where it's just like you had Connery for decades and Roger Moore for decades, and yeah, you had the Dalton, whatever, blah blah blah. But I mean, when you went Pierce Brosnan a few years later, Daniel Craig, I mean, it was a completely different franchise. Yeah, it's a different animal, and like in Batman, I know know Batman's been able to do it for a while, but that was more. It was kind of more spread out, and Batman's just it's Batman. So, but I mean, again, that's three different. I felt like the Batman movies was like. You had Burton had a very distinct palette for that. And Joel Schumacher had a very distinct palette for it. And mm. then you had Nolan, and now you've got Snyder. And he, that's the thing. It's just like, that feels more like a comic book to me. It's just like, okay, here's a new artist, a new editor, and they're putting their spin on it. Whereas this is just like, here's another Spider-Man movie. You've seen the story before. Ain't Here that much gonna, Ain't that much going to change. And but, even, yeah, and even though I like that, I, I think that that first Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, it's actually probably my favorite Spider-Man movie by far. But even but even for someone who liked that movie, I was like, wow, they're really just retelling the origin again. We just saw we just saw this. I know. I, and I think that was I think that was part of the failing of that movie is if they didn't do the origin and they jumped more into it, I think I think people would have responded to it more, and maybe that franchise could have continued. Uh, but. It's just kind of like, it's just shocking to me that Sony, like Spider-Man, I mean, yeah, okay, the last movie, I mean, it underperformed, it still made a lot of money, but it underperformed for them, but you can't, like, the fact that you have to, like, kind of bow down to Marvel and sort of share Spider-Man, and you can't make him bankable on your own, like, I don't know, kind of pathetic. (laughs) It's Spider-Man, he's a big, big character. Now, there's, uh, I was talking with... Uh, when I was in the city, I was talking with Al, and we were talking about comic book movies and how Simon Pegg had a lot to, a lot of negativity about comic book movies. My take on comic book movies are, a lot of people are saying, when's the bubble going to burst? Right. My, my theory is, you can't just say, you just can't say they're comic book movies anymore. They, they are just another medium we're adapting, like books and like whatever. Like they're, they're going to be around for, forever. It's, it's yeah, not, it, it's not going away. It's not going to be a fad. On, and my take on comic book movies is really is the same take I have on any movie that I would go see in the theater. Is that look, I don't, I don't care whether I'm seeing some original property or whether I'm seeing Captain America fifty five. If it's a good movie, it's a good movie. Fine. But I mean, make sequels all you want. If you make good movies, I'm happy. I mean, some comic book movies have been great. Some have sucked. As long as you make a good movie, it's it's fine. Make make them all make them all day long. It's, it's okay with me. So. I was trying to think of uh, trying to think of a good one to, to follow in for you. Well, one well one uh, well, one franchise in terms of comic movies 
that we haven't touched on yet that I feel is grossly underrated. Now people are now people are starting to get more excited about it after the last one. Um, as much as I love the DC stuff, I love almost as much Fox's X Men universe. I'm telling you, oh, this is yeah. X Men universe is the most underrated franchise I think in existence right now, and they've been consistent since two thousand. It's still going. I mean, okay, yeah, you had a couple duds, but even X Men I actually, I actually think X Men Three is a lot better than people give it credit for. Ugh. But that, that's like that's a conversation for a whole other day. I could, I could really get into that. Um, but I, I even thought, and that's, I mean, but that is one of the weaker ones. But even I thought X Men Three and X Men Origins Wolverine, uh, even though they're the worst, I still think they're passable. Yeah, they're not like and they're not like oh god, Spider Man Three level, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's. But but other than that, I think all the other X Men films have been awesome. And they're, it's just great to see them peaking later. Uh, they just made the best X-Men movie of all time last year, and that's Days of Future Past. Yeah. Incre- I love that. I mean, it is... I'm not going to say it's on the level of Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, but it's 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 not too far off. Uh, who directed, directed that one again? It, it was Brian Singer. And who's a director? I don't... Unless he's directing X-Men movies, I don't think he's that good. I mean, yeah, oh, he's the usual suspect. Yeah. I, I know, but that was like... I mean, that was decades ago. But uh, yeah, and that's you want to talk about day and night. I mean, if you gave, and I'm sorry, I know I'm going to upset a lot of people, but sorry, if you gave X Men: Days of Future Past to Joss Whedon, he wouldn't have been able to pull it off. Sorry, Brian Singer did. Uh... Brian Singer did an amazing job with that huge cast. Everyone got their moment. Nothing felt forced. Everything was there organically. Which I'm, but I'm sorry, in something like Age of Ultron, he's he can't handle it. He's juggling too much. And it all just becomes a big empty vessel. I enough. think it's a different animal um, because you know he's juggling. He he's at the wheel of a of the most expensive car possible, and everyone is watching it. You know what I mean? I I think Joss Whedon as a director, if you if you watch Buffy, if you watch other stuff he's done, is a very talented director. And I just don't think we've actually seen his a sample of him being like. Okay, go out and do a big budget movie or do a bigger production that isn't the Avengers, where he has like every bean counter and executive has their eye on it. Because no, that's, this... fair, that's fair, but that's part of working. I mean, no, all, I, I agree, like, but all these franchise movies, they all have to go through that. They all have to battle the the same system. Yeah, but I think like that is like how Star Wars, like Avengers, is like the property. You know what I mean? X Men is not the property. Like, I think it's, like, a little bit, there's a little, I think there's a different spin on it, you know what I mean? Um, I'm not saying it right, but, I mean, I think there's more, there's, there's more pressure on that to make that a big deal as opposed to directing an X-Men movie. I uh, think that's fair. I think that I, I will agree with you on this point, that he had massive more amounts of pressure, uh, but it's just when you look, just comparing those two films, Days of Future Past with Age of Ultron, I mean, the level of quality is... Is better a script, yeah. Better script, like that show. Remi- like that. Movie okay, Joss remi- Whedon wrote it, but uh, he also wrote Age of Ultron. Right, so well, he's I'm... so he's still part of the problem there. Well, I'm going to say that Age of Ultron, uh, Age of Ultron, Days of Future Past reminded reminded me, and you might be too young, maybe to remember this, the X Men cartoon on Fox. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I, I think that reminded me of one of those classic episodes, like where they weaved everything perfectly together. And I have to say, like, I am a bit, um, 
Who's is Singer directing Apocalypse, or is that? Yeah, oh, no, it, it's Singer. I came in aside from Star Wars: Force Awakens and uh, Batman v Superman. That that's the movie I'm most looking forward to in the next couple of years. I cannot wait. I saw a picture of Apocalypse. Like he's a. They made him. Did you see the photos? Yeah, yeah, I did. What do you think? It's a little cheesy, but I mean, like, no, okay, no, no. I'm now, saying this still okay. looks cheesy. I have to see it in action. Exactly. Thank you, Bill. And this is, and people are losing their shit over this picture of Apocalypse, and I'm just like, are you kidding? Well, people, people lost their shit over Joker. People lost their, their shit over Jared Leto, and now that most people have seen the Suicide Squad trailer, which I will will juxt- will transition to in a second, um, you saw him in that trailer. You're like, oh, yeah, he looks pretty badass. And, and, and that's a great point, but also staying in the, in the X-Men universe, do we not learn nothing? Quicksilver? Oh my god, he looks horrible. Are you kidding me? It's going to be I terrible. Like, I, I like, and I and like that the was the best scene in the movie. The Evan so, Peters Quicksilver is much better than the Aaron Taylor Johnson yeah, Quicksilver. I am, Aaron Taylor Johnson is absolutely one of my least favorite actors uh, going right now. Awful, awful. Godzilla? Godzilla? Uh, actually, you know what? Going back to earlier in the conversation... That's one of those movies I came in with a lot of hope and just was just deflated at the end. I had mild expect. Okay, so I went. There's some movies I go into mild expectations for uh, due to past experience. Man of Steel, perfect example. Very low expectations going into that movie due to the the last Superman movie with Brandon Routh. Where and uh, I came into that, I was like, wow, this is really good. Now I've seen Man of Steel since, and I was like, "Eh, it's not as amazing as as when I first saw it. Still a good movie. Still a good movie. Okay, I, I'll never knock it. Um, but I went into Godzilla with the same modest hopes, having seen the debacle that was the Matthew Broderick movie. Um, and all the Taco Bell-related commercials <laughs> that were surrounding it. Oh, yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. Uh, so I think movies... I feel like movies in the 90s were way more... There was way more, way more product placement. And I guess I had kind of forgotten about that until the Jurassic World commercials came back, and there was the new Mercedes, and there was Dairy Queen, or was it Baskin Robbins, and like all this. Yeah, and even to be fair, and even to be fair, like as much as I adore Man of Steel, it's it's a victim of a lot of product placement too. I mean, there's no there's no fans or bots about that. I no, I actually couldn't even tell you what the product placement is. I mean, Nikon cameras. (laughs) Uh, I mean, Nokia. Well, it's nothing will ever be as bad as Men in Black Two. There was a, I, don't even, I don't even think I saw the second. I've seen the first and the third. I think I missed terrible. that middle one. Oh, my God. So there's a scene where, I swear to God, is Parker Posey, when she was bankable, I guess, as the villain. And she is, I guess she's at the MIB, like, I guess the kind of the Ellis Island, the customs, whatever you want to call it. She is eating a Burger King, you know, <laughs> she's eating Burger King. In the wrapper, so you obviously see the logo. She is drinking a Burger King, like a, a diet, like a Coke, with the logo on it. And there is a singular um, store right behind her. And it is the worst product placement ever, probably outside of the one seen in for Spider Man, where they had another uh, singular float or something like that. But I mean, oh yeah, and then they had a Macy Gray concert in the middle of uh, the first Spider Man. Then we stinks. Sorry, sorry. I mean that that part is. <laughs> horrendous but i mean it's it's willem dafoe was good um willem dafoe is rarely awful i mean come on he plays a power rangers villain in that movie i'll get you spidey i mean we're talking and this is post batman and robin where you know studios like kind of you know time to learn your lesson guys 
and they come out with that, that was terrible. All right, I'll just remember. But I'll, I'll remember I'm Willem Dafoe and Greg Mendelsohn. I'm gonna blame the uh, the director for that one. But, but uh, I guess I, I, do like, I do like Sam Raimi. Um, but anyway, so we totally sidetracked through all of that, and I can't remember what the hell my point was. Well, you we were talking about product placement in Men in Black too, um, yeah, and you're making me you're making me want to go and get a Burger King. Oh, but uh, I do. I, I kind of <laughs> want some right now too. Although I I just kind of want like someone to dump cold water all over me right now. Um, yeah, I, I guess I was going with like I was kind of going with some DC stuff, but. Anyway, I don't know what my point was. Whatever. I guess it wasn't the, that awesome to begin with. The point is is to really circle back with comic book movies is this. Is that the bubble's not going to burst. They're going to be here for the next 60 years. Um, and look, it's, it's like I said. If it's good, great. If it's a bad movie, it's a bad movie. I mean, I'm not, like, not going to be one of these people who are like, oh my god, like, it's the end of film. There's just too many comic books. Do I want to see more original stuff? Yes. Of course I do. But I'm also, but what's more important to me is I just want to see good movies. And so if studios want to put the time and money and effort in getting good talent to making good comic book movies, if that translates into good movies, then that's great. Uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, do a better job. There you go. Cool. So uh, we are definitely going over (laughs) uh, a lot of time. Hold on. I'm going to see uh, how much time we've been recording for. Yes, quite some time. So what we're going to do is, I, I mean, we could, uh, you and I, I feel like we could do a podcast every week and just like, just rag on movies. Um, well, there's one, there's one other franchise that I want to ask you about. Sure. Um, and just like, just like anybody who lives on planet Earth, I assume that you are a Ghostbusters fan. Uh, yes, you, I am. Yes, I am. How are you feeling about this, this, this movie we got coming up next year? This Paul Feig. All female cast. Okay, so I'm gonna bring this back to you for a second. So I don't know if you saw your com- the the comments that came up on your uh, train wreck review. <laughs> I did. I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously you're a misogynist for not liking oh, uh, Amy, Amy Schumer, um, and you don't make any points, and you you don't use examples to make any of your points. I, I wrote like a two page review. I made no points whatsoever. Sure. By the way, I, I compliment like one of the few things I complimented about train wreck in my review was. I actually thought Amy Schumer did okay. I know. So, it's just like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't get it. People will read what they want to read. Yeah. So anyway, so I feel like if you say, in, in some way, and there's like this trap, like if you say, uh, new Ghostbusters, and you're just like, oh, you just don't think women are funny, and you're this awful. No. I feel like I'm ambivalent towards the new Ghostbusters. Here's why. Okay. Uh, do I think there ever needed to be a third Ghostbusters movie? A reboot of a Ghostbusters movie? Anything past Ghostbusters 2? And the answer is no. Because for the last, I don't know, since I've been following pop culture, which I would say is like 1992 19, to 1994 to present day, there, every hot comedic click has been linked to Ghostbusters. It was going to be Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, and David. I Spade. remember that. Yep, absolutely. It was going to be Ben Stiller, um, Jack Black, and the frat pack. Will Ferrell, the frat pack. All those guys. Were and really then it was going to be the exactly. Apatow crew, yep, which I yep, actually yep. think probably could have worked um, uh, in some respects. Uh, I would have jumped off a building, but okay, yeah, go on. Uh, and now it's just like, oh, you know. You know, here here's the new hot click, and now we're just making it with them. Um, I think some of it is, 
I think there it's going to be it's some you could look at it as a gimmick because they're like, "Ooh, it's all women ghostbusters." I don't care that it's all women ghostbusters. All I care much like you were saying about you don't care if it's a comic book movie. I want it to be funny. And I want it to be honest and I want it to be good. I don't want it to be this forced malarkey of just like, oh, well, it's women, so it has to be funny. Or this and uh, and You know what, Bridesmaids? um, I don't think you were a fan of Bridesmaids. No, and that's going to be what I'm going to talk about with my little Ghostbusters feel. I I thought Bridesmaids was a funny movie. I I, I still think it's a funny movie. I've seen Melissa McCarthy do uh, her show Mike and Molly on CBS, uh, even though it's a Chuck Lorre production. Uh, is a, a smart. She's very smart in it. She's very. She's got great comedic timing. Okay. I think Kristen Wiig is very talented. Um, Kate McKinnon. I've always read good stuff about. And the fourth cast member. What a jerk! I don't even know who it is. Um, Leslie Jones. I think. Leslie is her Jones. Name? Yes, she's on say. SNL and she's fine. Um, okay. But the, okay. It, she's the Winston character. She's barely going to be on screen anyway. Um, all I care about is give me a good movie. I don't care that it's all women. It could have been four dogs. Take right. that back. I forgot there were all those snow dog movies and uh, Air Bud movies. It could have been raining cats and dogs, right? I mean, oh, absolutely. my God. <laughs> uh, it could have been, uh, what was it, uh, G-Force, the gerbil movie? How do you re- – I mean, okay, I've got to be honest with you. I have, I, have podcast, a ra- I have a really we- random <laughs> film memory um, where I'll just remember a movie like that. I'll remember, like, Toy Soldiers – both the Sean Astin one and the little animated one. When I woke up today, I knew that we were going to be doing a podcast about movies, and I knew that we would be talking a lot about movies. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that we would make a G-Force reference. So please. I don't think anyone's ever made a G-Force <laughs> reference. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, hey, when they market the movie, they didn't yeah, they're like, ah, what's But that? I mean, I think it made money. I think it did all right. Oh, Although if it did, there would have been sequels. Now, I don't want to talk about talking gerbils, but uh, yeah. But I, I, my point is, I don't care who's in the movie. Give me a good movie. Uh, the people in this movie have had a track record of doing good stuff. The writer is someone I actually, um, who I graduated college with. Oh, um, Katie Dippold, uh, or whatever the hell her name is. She was a Parks and Recreation writer. She wrote, okay. the, she wrote The Heat, which has its warts, but is very funny at times. Didn't see that one. Okay. But he is actually kind of like, it's pretty good because I think most McCarthy and Sandra Bullock have a really good dynamic. Right. And right. then right. they do this whole thing where her family is this bunch of Southie morons, and like Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block is one of the people in it. And it was kind of like how they spun the movie, the, the CBS series, The McCarthys. It was almost like they took those characters and put them on a show. Unfortunately, it just didn't. It, the show was terrible. Gotcha. Um, so the heat worked, and it was a funny movie. And I have faith that in Paul, uh, who's directing again? Is it Paul? Oh uh, yeah, it's Paul Feig. Okay, and I always get him confused with Kevin Feig. Kevin, no, Feig? that's the Marvel guy. He's like the producer. Of yeah, all but they're, the are they not related though? Um, I don't think so. I think I think if it's totally different spelling, I don't think yeah. so. Anyway, so I, I have I have faith that it could be really good. I just don't don't market it to me. It's just like it's all women, so. You you can't say anything negative or positive. Like you can't be too negative or positive about it. I don't give a shit about that. Like I I, I want a good movie. That's all I want. And I think it has the ups. If we're gonna go to like talk about like fantasy football, and we're gonna do that, it's got more upside than downside. I share many of your sentiments. I think that was great. 
And look, I just want to, I just want to say, Ghostbusters. I mean, it's one of my favorite films. And look, you can say, oh, you're just going to be nostalgic. You're just going to be stuff. I'm sorry, but it's it's impossible for you to separate like the original Ghostbusters. I mean, that. Uh, come on, I mean, come on, guys. Uh, Bill Murray, Dan, the, the whole shebang. So, it's, I mean, it, it's Ghostbusters. So, obviously, Ghostbusters was in development hell for decades, right? I mean, Dan Aykroyd, he tried to will that movie into existence for years, and at the end of the day, you know, going the re- if if you're going to do another Ghostbusters movie, going the reboot route probably was the right thing to do, especially after, unfortunately, you know, we lost Harold Ramis. I mean. What else? Uh, what else could you really do but reboot it? So, I am hoping for a, a cameo or two from some of the old Ghostbusters. It's heavily rumored that Ackroyd is going to be cameoing in this, so uh, you might get your wish. But so you know, I'm reading about you know the like, and it's it's heavily rumored that it's going to be an all female Ghostbusters team, and I have to, and yeah, I have no problem with that. That's great as as long as they're funny. I'm all I'm all on board with an all female Ghostbusters. My biggest fear when they announced this whole thing was the director, was Paul. It's either pronounced Feig or Feig. I, I don't know, but because I'm sorry, and I know I'm alone on an island all by myself, but I just I detest bridesmaids. It, it's just not for me, and I, I do I judge comedies very very tough. It's the genre that I am toughest on. And I just I just think everyone in bridesmaids is unlikable and. He, you know, but he has like I'm looking at his IMDb, and right now, like he's got a really good background. Well, and this is what this is going to be my next point is. So when they first announced this, I was like, "Great, it's the guy from Bridesmaids. He's bringing in his Bridesmaids crew with Kristen Wiig and Wilson McCarthy." I'm like, "Screw Ghostbusters! I don't care. This is going to be awful." But but recently, I saw a movie called Spy, which is still in theaters. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, and I, I was walking in, and I was going to be like, this is going to be terrible. It's going to be... You wanted design. to write a whole column on how that was going to suck. Well, yeah, I mean, I was definitely, like, when I was doing my summer preview, I was debating whether it was going to be what I thought was going to be the worst movie of the summer. The trailers looked, the trailers did not do that film justice at all. They, they looked horrible. Uh, but I went and saw the movie, laughed my ass off. It, it was one of the better comedies I've seen in recent years. And as I was watching it, I was like, you know what? This guy, he's got the action down. He's got the comedic action down. This could work. And now I'm to the point where I'm actually really excited about this new Ghostbusters movie. I have faith. And even though we haven't seen really anything, I mean, we've just seen some pictures. I just I just get a good vibe from it. I, I think that the talent that they – I like Melissa McCarthy. I think, I think if you get her with a good script, she can be really funny. She's got great comedic timing. She was fantastic in Spy. Uh, and you know, Kristen Wiig is kind of hit or miss for me, but we'll see. Um, Kate McKinnon, I've seen in doses. She's okay. Um, I honestly don't really know anything about Leslie Jones, so we'll see. Uh, but yeah, that's, and that's my whole thing is just make it funny and please just honor the Ghostbusters well. Okay. I mean, it's not going to be as good as the original, obviously that's, this this is never going to happen, but you know what? After seeing Spy, totally on board with this guy. And I have faith in this new Ghostbusters. Hopefully, I won't walk into the movie theater next year and be all depressed. But I think it'd be good. I think it could be good. We could get another great Ghostbusters movie, which I never thought would be possible after all these years. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you a couple, a series of questions, kind of like oh, to, to like just like kind of lightning round, lightning round, baby, lightning <laughs> round. Um, 
and uh, I have I have not prepared any of these, so I'm, this is just all coming off the top of my head. Uh, director, who if you had one director's movies you could watch for the rest of your life, who would it be? It, it comes down to two people. Um, I, as much as I want to say Christopher Nolan, I can't because it's still even though he's done a run of incredible movies. Although he did do the Dark Knight, no, I can't. I can't say him yet. It, it comes down to two people: Spielberg, obviously, and the other guy is someone. It's not that he's underrated. I mean, he's well known, but I don't think his movies get enough credit. And that's Robert Zemeckis. I mean, you really. I'm telling you, you take a look at this guy's IMDb, you're going to be shocked. I mean, all three Back to the Future movies. Contact. Who framed? Who framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, you've got. Uh, Forrest Gump. I mean, all those movies are probably all in my top 25 favorite films of all time. So that's not a bad catalog to go off of. But, I mean, let's be serious. I'm going with Steven Spielberg. I mean, just, he pumped up. And, you know, obviously he's made some stinkers, okay? I mean, War of the Worlds exists. Hook exists. But he's obviously made some of the greatest movies ever made. So I know it's a cliche, generic answer, but you got to go with him. Okay. uh, Mine would be Quentin Tarantino. Um, oh, that's a good one. Okay. Uh, if you could uh, never see a movie from one actor or actress again, what would it be? Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, yeah, that's right. You hate him. <laughs> you hate that guy. It's funny because, so much like everybody, when I first saw Borat, I actually liked it a lot. Funny I, as shit I, when you first see it. it. Exactly. And so I even, and I went back and saw it again, which I never do with comedy. Uh, and I was like, oh, I can't wait to see this again. It was like two weeks later. And I was just like, I like this movie? Are you just, it, I, you want to talk about rewatchability factor? Wow, none. I, and it was just, like, none of the jokes fit at all. Uh, but then everything that Sasha Baron Cohen has done since then, the, it, I, I really pray for the people out there listening. It, I really hope that no one out there listening has seen The Dictator probably one of the worst comedies ever made it's just it's one of those movies where i, I want to quit watching movies and just and i reviewed it for pop break i was like i walked out of i was one of the movies i walked out of and i, I want to like call you and yell at you i was like can't believe you i can't believe like i review films for, for for you you're making me watch the dictator like you're ruining my life it's uh, just then you remembered just... one i don't pay you and two i did not make you go see that movie no, you probably, I probably would like, oh, nope. take the ball. Yep. Sure. Well, that's um, what we didn't even have film writers. You were just like, I'll review it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I just sat back and rubbed my hands. And, like, he's and, gonna yeah, I, I walked in, probably walked to the bar across the street and just drank and drank. It's just everything. It's, you know, I've never seen Freddy Got Fingered. I did in uh, the theater. I would, so, okay. It wasn't so I would good. Imagine, I would imagine that it was a lot like that. So, so he's just the first guy that popped into my head. And, even in, and you know what pisses me off is that, like, real direct. Oh, actually, you know what a director I probably should have said for that answer that you asked me last time was Martin Scorsese. Whoops. Okay, he would probably be the guy. Uh, so it really irritates me that guys like Scorsese put him in Hugo, which is probably my least favorite Martin Scorsese. Just boring, boring, boring film. And I thought he was terrible on it. And then he was in uh, Les Mis, uh, directed by Tom Hooper. So it's like, you know, he was just coming off of an Oscar, and he put Sasha Baron Cohen in that role, and he was awful. So, And then there was this movie, 
Yeah, oh, this is kind of a Jupiter ascending story. Grimsby, uh, which is a movie I predicted would be the worst movie of 2015, got delayed, Bill. Got delayed till 2016. So that's the actor I, I never want to see ever again. So, uh, I think actor would be Kevin Costner. I don't ever need to see Kevin Costner. Oh, come on. No, I'm oh. just kidding. Because uh, then I realized, I'm like, oh, wait, I did like a lot of his movies. I don't think I ever have to see Katherine Heigl again. Oh, great answer. Good, uh, that's I, a good... I mean, what has she done that's ever been knocked up? And that was not her fault that I liked that movie. You know, you said, you know, the actress I would probably pick, and but at least with this one, you can say she did almost famous, but Kate Hudson is another one where it's just like, wow, where did your career go? <laughs> like, I mean, Oof. that's like, she's like, she's like the female equivalent of Cuba Gooding Jr. It's just like, what happened? And she, actor was, and she I, didn't I, even actor, I never, I never would, I don't <laughs> ever have to see uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., a movie he's been in, I don't ever have to see it. At least, at least he has. Boy, he did Boys in the Hood. I'm sorry, I can see that. At least, and at least, you know, obviously he's got Jerry McGuire, and that was an iconic performance. So yeah. at least he could take that. Who is the? Um, what's the movie? What's the first movie you can remember going to the movies multiple times to see? Oh, multiple times. That's a good one. The first one. Um, it was probably the first X Men in 2000. I think that's the movie. I don't think. There was another movie before that that I went back. Maybe when they re-released Star Wars, that's kind of bare. I mean, the special edition. Though, I went to see that more than once. That's embarrassing. No, a lot uh, of people did. Um, I, think, uh, I, know, I think, yeah, I think I saw the first X Men three or four times. I saw oh, I love that. Garden State three times. That was the first one. And then, okay. I, then I think I took. I, then I think I saw Return of the. Oh, maybe not. Maybe it was Return of the King. And I saw that, and then I took my dad to see it. Yes, I think that was it. Um, be tough ones for me to see twice in a theater. Uh, what is the most? What movie do you think? What is a beloved movie that just makes you gag? Oh, that's a great one. Oh man, I gotta really, I gotta really think about that one. Uh, a beloved movie that makes me gag. I you stumped me with that one. I'm trying to think. Um, I'm just trying to think of movies that are overrated. Uh, wow, you stumped me. I don't know either. <laughs> I, 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 not, I cannot think of one for the life. It'll come to you. Don't worry. Um, I definitely will. Uh, what's the most underrated movie you've seen in the last year or two? The last year or two? Um... Which one, like one you would stump, would, stump for, or not even underrated? Maybe it was just a, a colossal bomb, or it was just like, or didn't do as well as people thought. A just movie you would stump for. I really love this movie. Kind of did well. Uh, I really loved uh, Aronofsky's Noah, and a lot of people didn't. Uh, I thought you were going to say Interstellar. So, wow, that's a better answer. That's, I know, that's, I know. Okay, you know what? No, it was great, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm stealing Bill's answers for me. Great job, Bill. Wait, wait to unlock my mind. Inter- let me tell you. Okay, let me tell you something. You got to make it quick, man. Okay, Interstellar. If it were, if it had any other director's name attached, people would have lost their minds for it. That's really all I'm going to say. Hype killed it. Just overhyped. People sick of Christopher Nolan. Movie's incredible. Movie's incredible. Give it another chance. That's all I'll say. Um, uh, current popular movie star that you don't understand why is famous. 
Seth Rogen. I just someone I someone needs to sit down and explain to me why he's funny. I, I'll never and I understand that people have different senses of humor, but guys never make me laugh. So are you are you are you not uh, vibing on him uh, in job, Steve Jobs? I am not. Trailer looked great, except for him. Who is your front runner for the Oscar? I'm going to predict. I'm going to make a ridiculously early prediction for Best Actor right here today. So we don't know when this podcast will be released, but we'll say July. Um, so right it'll, here, it'll be I, Friday. <laughs> okay. So so whatever that. So I think that's the 24th. So July 24th, 2015. Leonardo DiCaprio will win Best Actor finally for the Reverend. You guys got to check out this trailer. Incredible. That is my pick. I will not. I don't care what other performances I see this year. I'm not backing off from that pick. And I'll tell. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to pick the guy who's actually going to win it because the guy. Johnny. Oh, I thought you were going to say Johnny Depp for uh, because he's getting a lot of praise for. Uh, I'm going to go with Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs. It's a good pick too. All right. It's a great don't pick. Worry. It's an amazing pick. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think. What is um? Okay, you can only see one movie within the next year. And that's it. It's the last movie you can ever see. It Force Awakens. It's that. Okay, I was gonna say Force Awakens or Dawn of Justice. I mean, Dawn of Justice would be my second pick, but even like, I mean, Star Wars and Batman. I mean, those are my titans of pop culture. Uh, but Star Wars, as much as I love Batman, much as I love you, Batman, Star Wars will always win out. So it would be Force Awakens. And since he's got a movie coming at the end of the month, uh, and he's one of those weird polarizing figures. Tom Cruise, does he suck? Does he have a? Is he is he ever going to have a hit movie again? Tom Cruise is awesome. I you thank know, you, thank you, because every time I say that, people are like, "Oh, he's get over, stuff. yeah, he jumped on Oprah's couch. Get over it, okay? Fine, he he likes Scientology. Okay, you don't have to have a beer with the guy, okay? But you have to recognize he's one hell of a talent. He's extremely dedicated. Does a lot of his own stunts. The guy's career, the guy's catalog is off the charts. He's an amazing actor. He probably should have an Oscar. Tom Cruise is the man. Get over it. The man is talented. Well, my big problem with Tom Cruise is, and I'm a fan, is that like, when is he ever going to do not another big budget epic? Like, I would like to see him go back to, like, like born on the Fourth of July. No, like a Magnolia. Like he had a good role. Right. He had a great role and a great performance. There uh, will come. A day. There will come a day. When so you get the Paul Newman. The, it's, I just think that the I think that the right script is just going to fall into his lap, and it's going to be maybe he won't be the star, but he'll be a supporting scene stealer, and he'll get an Oscar, and, and it's going to be a twenty minute standing ovation, and I can't wait to see it. One day, it's just that right script is just going to fall into his lap. You know, kind of like Michael Keaton with Birdman. I, I think you're, I think it's going to be that, but this time Tom Cruise will. And now you know what you know when he gets it, he drops Scientology. He drops Scientology. But it's not. I don't. I, think no, no, no. I'm that, telling you. No, no, no. I don't I'm think tell, that's, that's. He's gonna. He's gonna be come back to the public eye where he's not this weirdo, and he's gonna become in the good graces of of America again. You know. You know. And he's gonna. He's gonna win that Oscar, and then everyone. Will, it'll be the feel good story. You know what I mean? Just, just appreciate the guy first. Like he's not. He's not knocking on your door, handing you Scientology pamphlets. Just get over it. <sighs> Well, Dan, we have we've had a hell of a podcast. We have. Uh, We're a little um, over, but uh, yeah, sorry uh, for all my rambling. No, it's cool, man. Oh, yeah, it's a little long, uh, but yeah. So, 
this was fun. Uh, I think we should do these uh, every, every, like once a month, me and you. Yeah, I'm always game. Uh, you know, we can certainly, you know, when some of these bigger movies are getting closer, we can dissect, we can analyze. Or we can all just, that. We'll just talk some bullshit about old movies, you know. Uh, well, whatever, man. Whatever's, whatever's floating our boat. So, um, Dan, let's, uh, let's plug you on social media because you're such a social media maven. Um, you Look, are on Twitter at? I am on Twitter at DCohenWriter, all one word. I cannot even believe that I just plugged my Twitter account for just, I mean, for those who know me well, you know I'm terrified of social media, but I, I am really like the old man on the lawn, you know, get off my lawn, kids. Social media terrifies me, but Bill has, you know, I mean, he rightfully so, he, he's, he's trying to get me out of my comfort zone, so... Follow me on Decone Writer. I'll post all my reviews in there and all my other nonsense. So there you go. Yes, Dan Cohen. He is a he's a New England Patriots fan who didn't throw himself Damn up. Right. Uh, who uh, should be ashamed of him for himself for his dirty, dirty cheating quarterback. <laughs> Says right. the Giants fan who <clears throat> beat you twice. Uh, what? Uh, anyway, I'm just kidding. I like to just bust on Dan for that. But this was a good talk. So okay, follow us popbreak.com if you if you've Stay to the whole thing. We're on we're pop-break.com on Twitter at popbreak.com all spelt out forward slash popbreak.com all spelt out on Facebook and Instagram. We just changed our name. We are at popbreakofficial. So uh, for Dan Cohen, I'm Bill Bodkin saying thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on the next breakcast.